And Lord, as we uh, go on to the other message this morning, once again, just bowing in your presence, Lord. It's not about a pastor preaching a sermon. God, we want to hear from you. Your word is spirit and it is life. And we ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And it's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. And amen. Okay, so going on to... The rest of the message here. Let me get rid of this picture here. All right. So turn to John chapter 10 in your Bibles this morning, continuing on in our series in John. We're all the way up to the 10th chapter. Pretty cool. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Where Jesus is uh, still in the midst of this uh, crowd of people. He, he just, if you remember from last time, he had just uh, healed the man that was born blind. So you, you obviously that's going to draw a crowd and they're arguing about who Jesus is. And, and uh, the Pharisees are saying, we don't know where he comes from. And he did this on the Sabbath. So he's breaking the law. So we don't think he's of God. And other people are saying, he just healed a guy born blind. What do you mean he's not from God? And they're going back and forth. And Jesus is uh, speaking to them in uh, verse 1 of chapter 10. And he says this, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. I want to bring a message this morning entitled, Knowing the Voice of the Shepherd knowing the voice of the shepherd. So Jesus here is using an illustration uh, which should have been easily understood by his audience. Uh, raising sheep was part of most people's life back then. Uh, sheep were used for food. Uh, they were used for clothing. The, they were used for income if they were sold. They were used in sacrifices in their worship. So they knew, for example, uh, when Jesus spoke of a sheepfold, that he was talking about one of these. I'll show you a picture here of a sheepfold. Uh, I don't think you guys on Zoom are going to be able to see it. Um, so basically, let me describe it to you. It was, it was a wall made out of stones. Uh, probably about four foot high, okay, uh, either circular or squarish in shape. And um, this is where the shepherd would lead the flock into at night. Uh, there you go. 
you can see it there. Um, this is where the shepherd would lead the sheep into at night, depending upon the size of the flock. Uh, and you notice that this one is kind of circular. Notice that it comes to an opening here that is uh, just as wide for, uh, for the doorway, right? Uh, it was built for security. This is, the wall's probably around four foot high, not something that a wolf is going to be able to climb in and get a sheep and get out of, okay? So the sheep being led in there at night were protected. And then you had the gatekeeper who would be on that door, either the shepherd himself or, or someone that he hired to, uh, to, to watch that gate so that no one could get in and harm the sheep, steal the sheep or do anything like that. So that is a sheepfold. And they would have been really familiar with that. Um, let's see here. Okay, good. So um, it only goes to figure that, as Jesus said here, someone who doesn't go through the door, someone who doesn't want to be seen by the gatekeeper is someone climbing in who has ill intent, someone who's a thief or a robber that's uh, uh, going in to steal the sheep, right? Uh, but the gatekeeper stationed at the door, he will open to who? The shepherd, right? John 10, verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. A stranger, verse 5, they will not follow. A stranger, they will not follow. When uh, my family and I uh, accepted the call to pastor down in Ohio back in 2002, uh, before we actually moved down there, we stayed for a week with a couple who actually had a, a small flock of sheep. And uh, they, they, they raised them and uh, sold the wool and stuff like that. But it was very interesting to us to watch how the sheep responded to our friend Glenn. I can't remember the exact call that he used. It was quite, uh, you know, some time ago. But when he called his sheep, they just came from wherever they were and made a beeline for him. He was the shepherd. Uh, some didn't even wait for the call. They saw him coming. They recognized him and made a beeline for him. But I can remember my kids and I thinking, oh, wow, that's cool. And we would try to mimic his call and call the sheep to us. Come on, sheep, you know, come on over here. They, they didn't want anything to do with us. They, they wouldn't come to us. They were honed in on him. He was their shepherd. Uh, I remember, uh, too, at the men's conference that we uh, had not too long ago, uh, Reggie Dabbs, he told the story how he was in Africa, and uh, they were by this, this big watering hole, and he watched three different large, I mean thousands of sheep, come to this common watering hole and um, there, there, there was like three different ones and they came and, and watered together. And he's like, well, now you've got this, this huge uh, you know, flock of sheep. How do you tell them all apart? I don't see any brands on them or anything. And uh, the guy said, well, you just wait till they're done drinking. So he waited until they were done and each shepherd called to their flock 
and they just separated into thirds like nobody's business. They, they just left the thing and went with their shepherd. So here's the thought this morning. How does that happen? How do sheep um, develop this kind of attachment that, that, that Jesus is talking about here, that, that I, I saw with my friend Glenn, that, that Reggie Dabbs saw with these uh, flocks of sheep? How do they develop this kind of attachment, this kind of recognition for the shepherd, this kind of exclusivity uh, towards that one person? Does it happen overnight? Well, no, it doesn't, right? Um, as, as I've thought about it, it, it actually happens in three basic ways. Uh, by number one, imitation. By number two, association. And by number three, repetition. Imitation, association, repetition. Let me break that down for you. First, by imitation. The young ones observe the behavior of the older ones and they follow along, right? Um, they, they see the older sheep going towards the shepherd. What do they know? I need to go with my mom, my dad, whatever, and go where they're going. So they do it by imitation. Uh, next, they do it by association. Okay, When they hear this voice and this call, and all of a sudden, the farmer is, is giving them oats, or the farmer is leading them from a pasture that's been picked over and is down to nothing into a lush, green, new, fresh pasture. Or he leads them into that sheepfold at night where they feel safe and secure. Um, and you gotta understand with sheep too, that feeling of, of safety and security is important for them. They are, are very skittish by nature. And if you notice any, uh, know anything about sheep or notice, they have no natural defenses. They're one of the few animals that have no defenses. They don't have any armor, you know, they don't have any quills, they don't have any teeth, they don't have any claws, they can't run real fast, they can't run for a long time, they have nothing. So they are very, very dependent on someone else for their safety. So when they associate this shepherd with feelings of safety, they're gonna develop this bond of trust with him. They, they associate him with food, they associate him with safety, they associate him with their well-being, and it develops, okay, this sense of trust and, uh, and exclusivity and they associate it with that voice, right? So number three, uh, repetition, the shepherd's voice. They hear it over and over and over again, and so they can just pick it up, you know, like nothing. Even when my kids and I tried to mimic the same thing, right? They, no, they knew his voice. They knew the particular inflection in his voice. They knew it was him and they would not follow anybody else. Now, I got to be honest with you. When I first read this uh, portion of scripture um, as, a, as, a, as a new believer, uh, I, don't, I don't know when I finally figured this out, but I thought that what this meant was that there was some power of God 
something that happens when you and I come to Christ, when we're born again, that sort of, um, for lack of a better term, magically protects us from being deceived and following that wrong voice. You know, they won't follow someone else. Those are my sheep and they won't follow anybody else. Um, but in more reading of the scriptures and looking at history, it doesn't bear that out. Uh, for example, Galatians 1.6, here's Paul writing to the church in Galatia and he, and he says this, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, right? We've talked about what, what's going on there. We've talked about the fact that uh, Jewish believers would go to Gentile churches and they'd say, hey, you've received Jesus Christ as Messiah. You've received him as savior. That's what you need to do. But if you really wanna be saved, you also have to keep the Jewish law. You also have to be a good Jew and, and keep the rules and keep the festivals and keep the traditions and all that kind of stuff if you really want to be saved. But what were they doing? They were basically taking people out from a gospel of salvation of faith in Christ back under Judaism, back under um, the law, back under a salvation by works by human effort, right? Um, back under trying to keep some 600 or so uh, rules and laws and traditions under Judaism. So it was a different gospel, wasn't it? It was a different voice. This was not the voice of the shepherd. It was the voice of someone else that was trying to lead them out from the truth into something different. And they followed. You read about it in, in Galatians. You see it in Romans. You see it in, in the book of Hebrews. You see it in the book of Acts. You see it in the book of Colossians. Uh, it, was, it was very prevalent in the early church, and people were falling for it. People were following this other voice. So there is no magic power of God that keeps us on the right road. Uh, no, we have to develop just like the sheep, we have to develop that attachment for the shepherd. We have to develop that ability to hear and distinguish his voice uh, in exactly the same way that the sheep do. Um, first, by imitation, right? We watch others that are older in the Lord, more mature in the Lord, not necessarily in age, but more uh, spiritual maturity. When we see them respond to the voice of the Lord, when we hear them uh, speak, not only speaking scriptures, but, but um, living them, when we see that genuineness of them following the Lord and what he says to do, we are encouraged to follow along too, right? When we hear their testimonies of how God was faithful to them, we are motivated to um, do the same thing. And then in our own relationship with the Lord, right, as he speaks to us through his word, as he speaks to us through prayer, when we say, yes, God, I want to do it your way, when we follow what he says to do, when we follow the voice of the Lord, and we see God 
in his faithfulness to us. We see how he works situations out. We see how he provides for our needs. Uh, for, for example, like tithing, right? God says, you, uh, you, you, you give to the Lord, you, you create this um, uh, place of trust with the Lord and he will supply your needs. Kathleen and I have seen that over and over uh, with ourselves how God has been faithful with that other 90% to provide for us over and over and over. Even when we've been in lean times, uh, we've, never, we've never lacked. God has been faithful. So and in other ways, you know, when, uh, when, when you, you want to do something this way and God says, no, do it this way, and we do that, and the situation works out. Uh, God should, provides for us. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us strength and all those kinds of things. Then we begin to associate God's voice with our provision, with our well-being, right? And we depend on that. We attach ourselves to that. And through repetition, okay? The more and more that that situation is repeated, the more and more that we hear his voice, the more and more uh, we are going to be attuned, you know, like a, like a radio station that you got to fine tune it, right? The more and more we hear it, the easier and easier it's going to be to pick up on. Um, it's also like money, isn't it? Uh, do you know how they teach uh, bank tellers to, uh, to spot counterfeit bills? They don't have them study counterfeit bills. They have them handle the real thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. They're looking at the good, true uh, bill. And then when something fake comes along, it might be just a minor little thing, but all of a sudden it's like, no, that's not right. That's not right. There, there's something about this is wrong. And then they study it and they get to be, uh, uh, to pick that out. Okay. Same thing with the word of God. The more and more time that you and I spend in it, knowing what God says, knowing how he deals in different situations, seeing his purposes, his priorities, his values, his principles. Then when we hear something, um, we, we hear someone, let's say, present some nice sounding philosophy. Um, they, they might be a PhD. They might have all these books out, right? But all of a sudden, it's like, no, that, that doesn't jive with what God's jibe. Actually, the word is jibe. Um, that doesn't jibe with what God says. It's, it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't match up, right? Um, or we hear uh, how, how people nowadays are trying to reinterpret the Bible. It doesn't mean the same thing that it meant for, for the last 2,000 years. It means this now because we want to justify this over here. And we want to live like this. So we, we say the Bible really doesn't, you know, talk to that or whatever. A lot of that going on. But the more and more you and I are familiar with the scriptures through repetition, the more when we hear something, we say, no, that's not right. That's not right. Even the Bible talks about the Bereans who listened to Paul preach. And what did they do? They didn't just accept it carte blanche because, oh, this is this great apostle Paul. Everybody's flocking to him. He's supposed to be this, this uh, you know, really great teacher. But they took what he said and they lined it up against the scriptures and they searched them out to make sure that he was telling the truth. 
And that becomes more and uh, much, much easier as you and I repeat our, our repetitive in the word of God. So, and to help us even further that something that sheep don't have, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, don't we? To bear witness in our hearts, whether something is God's voice or coming from the enemy, coming from a different place. But again, um, that, that's not just a guarantee. Our sensitivity to that inner voice is something that is developed over time. Now, the Lord is faithful to give us a lot of opportunities to hear that voice and to recognize it even throughout the day, right? Because that same voice uh, that is speaking to me, a Bible verse and trying to instruct me there is the same voice that says, Ron, uh, I know you what you're thinking that you want to say to that person, but you, you, you shouldn't say it because you're going to regret it, right? It's that same voice of the Holy Spirit that is leading me throughout the day. Or that same voice that says, hey, I know you're tired, but why don't you uh, help your wife by doing such and such, right? That same voice. Or I know you're tired, but I, th I think you ought to call so-and-so because they're going through something and they need, they need encouragement. I know you want to veg in front of the TV, but um, you really should be doing this now. That same voice comes to us many times throughout the day. And we can, we can soften our heart to that voice or we can harden our heart. We can say, no, I'm tired. But the more that you and I harden our heart against the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's, um, I don't know if we have any guitar players uh, there this morning. Joe was with us at the nine o'clock. But that friction of playing guitar, what does that do? It builds up calluses on the fingers. Uh, if you do a lot of work with your hands, you might have calluses that build up because of that constant friction. And you and I, if we harden our hearts against the Holy Spirit, if we say, no, I want to do it my way. No, I want to go this way. No, I want to do this. No, 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 develops a callus around our heart that makes it harder and harder to hear his voice. So throughout the day, God gives us opportunities to soften our hearts, to say, yes, Lord. And so as we do that over and over and over again, we get more and more in tune to hear his voice, even as quiet as it speaks sometimes, right? It builds in us that familiarity. And I want to tell you this, too, that that familiarity, that closeness, that ability to hear the voice of God isn't just something for pastors or deacons or evangelists or the guy that writes all the books. No, it's available to each and every one of us. Look at verse three again. I love this. It says the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name by name, right? This isn't just some general principle. God's not calling you and I into um, just um, uh, having a religion, 
in following the rules, in doing this and in doing that. No, he's calling us to a close and intimate relationship with him, each and every one of us, by name, that we would know him that closely. And again, it's not some, you don't have to have no seminary degree. It's learning to hear the voice of God, responding to that voice in those little things throughout the day, learning that voice as we spend time before him in the scriptures. Every one of us can know him that closely. And why? Why do we need to be familiar with that voice? Look at it, verse 4. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. See, God isn't a slave driver. He wants to lead us, right? Lead us into his blessing. Lead us into those green pastures. Lead us beside still waters where our soul can be restored, right? Psalm 23. He wants to go before us into the difficulties and challenges of life to show us the right way to go, right? Following that familiar voice, so that we have um, that sense of security, where we have that sense of peace and that sense of hope, knowing that he's there with us, right? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. And we walk through the difficulties, the hard times. We know he's with us. He gives us his peace. He gives us his joy. He gives us that, that sense of security, knowing that he is right there, right? And also he goes before us. He wants to lead us into those things that he has for us that can make a difference in the lives of other people. To use us to make a difference in our little corner of the world. Sometimes an eternal difference in the life of someone else. Partnering with God to do his work and his will. Every one of us by name, right? Jesus said, or, or, or Paul said in Ephesians, he said, we are his workmanship created in Christ to do good works that he has had ordained beforehand that we would walk in. Do you know that God has specific things for you and him to do together that nobody else can do? And he wants to lead us into that. And there, and there's, there's no there's no cap on that. There's no, uh, well, I, I, I've outlived my days of usefulness. No, that can start tomorrow. That can start today. That can start five minutes from now. That God would help us to encourage somebody else to make a difference in someone else's life. So he wants to lead us, go before us, empower us in life as our good shepherd. Because, hey, you know, it's a tough world out there, isn't it? There's a lot of voices to hear. There's a lot of dangers. There's a lot of mistakes to be made. And I know I've made a zillion of them. There's a lot of wrong paths. There's a lot of dead ends. But you and I have a shepherd who is so willing to lead us. He's a loving shepherd. We're going to get into that next week. He's the good shepherd, right? So 
lets you and I determine in our hearts to do our part to develop that knowledge of the voice of God. That through imitation, as we imitate those who are more spiritually mature, uh, which includes me, there are people a lot more mature in the Lord than I am, that I can follow after, that I can imitate. Um, by association, as you and I follow the Lord's voice and find him faithful and see his provision and his help in our lives. And repetition, the more and more that we hear his voice and respond, the easier and easier it's going to be to be able to pick his voice out from all the other voices in the world. But we have to do our part, don't we? We have to put forth the effort to do that. It's not a magic bullet that we get when we get saved, right? It's a relationship like any other that has to be developed, that has to be uh, we, we have to put time and effort into it. But the rewards are so, so worth it. Amen? Boy, we have a shepherd that loves us and wants to do great things in our lives. So, amen? Let's determine to do our part. God is always faithful to do his part, and we will see uh, great things ahead in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Well, Lord, thank you that you give us this awesome opportunity to have a shepherd, not who, who drives us into obedience, but a shepherd who leads us in love, who wants to uh, lead us into blessing and good things and experiences and uh, helping other people and all kinds of just uh, great things. Thank you, Lord, for that. Help us then, Lord, to do our part and to draw near to you that we can hear your voice, see you move and work in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness to us. Be glorified, we pray, in your awesome name. Amen and amen.